Nuclear proliferation. Global pandemic. Famine. Environmental genocide. War. Mankind teeters on the brink of a second dark age. Everywhere you turn, chaos, anarchy, and shadow. In these bleak days, under the fading light, where businesses and the little guy are left for dead on the side of the byway, and people cry out for the rule of law, humanity is at a breaking point where there is no light at the end of the tunnel, and everything good seems to have been barred, or banned, or barred. Two men offer up their voices in the darkness, a shining beacon leading the huddled masses into the safe harbor of good business practices and occasional time travel. Here are your hosts, the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham, and L. Bradley Sheaf. Huey Lewis and the News, my friend, an excellent song, and I, I'm sure one that uh, you know many people can commiserate with in this time of COVID and concern about vaccines and their efficacy and safety, etc. Huey Lewis, as usual a man ahead of his time. I used to see him all the time at Momo's back in uh, my salad days in the Bay Area when I'd go to the, uh, what was then, Pac Bell Park and watch ah. the uh, Giants play and Barry Bonds hit steroid home run after steroid home run at the park. He'd always be over at Momo's having a couple of martinis before every game. Yeah, Barry Bonds, not a man afraid to try a new drug. No, no, he's tried several. You know, his head kept on getting uh, <laughs> Getting larger. larger and balder. So yep. Odd. Well, here we are. Here we are, Brad. So the first segment, newsreel. We have a new president. The Biden inauguration mm. happened. Mm. Uh, ex-presidents coming together, except for Donald Trump. So how excited are you for the Biden presidency? It's, it seems like tech companies are going to be the focus. Rich are going to get richer. Well, buddy, you know, I'm doing my very best, as I try to do with each incoming administration, to you know, give it a fair shake, right? I mean, let's, let's give it the, the classic 100 days. Let's see where we are. They deserve their opportunity. And if they don't seize it, then they deserve the criticism. Yeah, it's going to be difficult if they actually go in and start implementing all these uh, regulatory changes, tax changes. Uh, it's going to be very difficult to run a business in this country. I, I don't think Biden's going to go all the way there. I think he's going to have to rein in some of that uh, Green New Deal crazy stuff. Well, that's going to be his hardest job, right? I mean, his hardest job for it, no matter what people think, is not going to be dealing with, you know, the folks on the other side of the aisle. It's not going to be dealing with rabid Trumpers. It's going to be dealing with the folks inside his own party who apparently want to, you know, turn us into a socialist state. And if you are looking for a good way to drive down small business, the engine of the economy here in the United States, creating jobs, et cetera, that's a hell of a way to do it. So, that's it. That's it. So we'll see. I mean, the question is going to be, can you run a Small business in the age of Biden, I don't know. Is the national debt going to bite us in the ass? Probably at some point. You know, you know what's insane is that we've now elected what, what three presidents born in the same year, and you know Clinton, Biden, and Bush, right? Aren't they born in the same year or the same day? I mean, it, it seems like we should be going in a different direction with leadership, and we're kind of going in the opposite direction. 
Yeah, it, it would be good to get some fresh blood in there. Although it seems like, you know, just based on Congress, right, where there obviously is some fresh blood, there typically is in every new Congress, that on, again, on both sides of the aisle, I mean, you've got a fair degree of rabidity. You know, I mean, AOC, she's a hoot on the left. You got some of these, I don't know what they call themselves, right? They're the opposite of the squad, like the Freedom Force or something. I mean, a statesman is hard to find in the Congress at this point. Yeah, there are, uh, there are not many, and uh, they're always fighting about something that's just amazing. But that's, we'll see, and we'll be monitoring it for you um, here on IP Frequently. Uh, next is Management Corner slash cubby, mm. depending on what you like. Some people like a corner, some people like a good firm cubby. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it, it could be either. But here's the uh, question uh, this week for our folks out there who are looking to gain uh, managerial expertise from the two of us who clearly have it. How do you do a good or how do you manage a good uh, transition as a manager of people? And I think this is in the context of a good transition. Joe Biden is obviously going through a transition of tens of thousands of employees coming under his burly wings. Uh, but Brad, what do you what do you say is a good uh, rule of thumb or axiom or um, metaphor of good positive transition of leadership? Well, I think first and foremost, right? I mean, you want to take a, uh, a page out of Joe Biden's book, sort of in a, a lessons learned manner in the sense that it, as you are transitioning out of the shower, don't try to grab your dog by the tail, right? I mean, I think we can certainly learn that. And that, that may be a euphemism for something I'm not sure. And then look, a good transition is something that has to be prepared for and executed well. I mean, the transitions that I have seen go well have been the ones where there's been a, a period of overlap between the incoming and the outgoing, right? If you're going to do a transition from well down in your organization all the way up to the top, create time, create space, and let people kind of ease into it. Yep, I agree. I think he, he needs to get his people in the door and get the people um, for the other administration out and then start with a clear agenda, focus on a couple of big ticket items and just stick to your principles on those. But you've got to adjust your you may have to adjust your tactics, how you do it. But, you know, say I'm going to do these two or three things and then focus everyone on that clear agenda. Don't try to do 100 things. It's not going to work. So we've now solved yet another managerial problem. You're welcome for that. Uh, Next is uh, the RIP Minute. Here's where we talk about friends, uh, countrymen, uh, folks that have entertained us, in some cases, sports stars, in some cases, canine friends uh, who have gone too soon. RIP this week, Don Sutton, the great Dodger pitcher, also pitched for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, if I remember correctly. He uh, passed away this week. Also a good broadcaster, but Brad, perhaps the greatest head of hair in the history of baseball. Well, and one, absolutely correct. Great pitcher, seemed to be a gentleman, so he'll be missed for sure. But the way he would, and again, you're not going to convince me that this was accidental, the way that he would perch that lid, you know, in just such a way, his baseball cap, so that you could see that great head of hair. I mean, either he was a, a genius in his own right, or he had a great you know, right-hand person who was saying, look, Don, this is how you got to get that cap on your head. And even if you look at his Hall of Fame plaque, I got to believe top five Hall of Fame plaques for heads of hair. Um, Will be missed. Really was also a great broadcaster on the old TBS 
uh, Braves broadcasts after he left uh, left the game. But uh, Hall of Famer, great pitcher, will be missed. Uh, remind everyone that IP Frequently, the greatest business podcast imaginable, is uh, brought to you by IPedia, the only self-aware Brad patent analytics platform. IPedia is making life better for patents everywhere. Time Machine, Brad, another award-winning uh, topic. Four years ago, Donald Trump was inaugurated. Uh, you go back in time with a 12-pack of Zima because you'll need 12, some Xanax, whatever else. Um, Zach, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a stun gun. Yeah. Um, what would you tell him to do differently? Well, look, I mean, it's, it's actually the same thing that I told my kids. He did some things as the president, as the chief executive of this country that no other president had done positive things, right? I mean, you cannot take away from him. I, I know people will want to, and they'll say, well, you know, he inherited it, but under his leadership, under his watch, if you will, uh, you, you know, historic low unemployment, you know, the market just blasting through ceiling after ceiling that no one thought it would get to peace treaties in the middle East, no matter how much you may hate the guy. And I know there's a lot of people who do, he deserves some credit for that, but his personality, right? His affect, just the way he was completely overshadowed the good things that he had done. If he had had a modicum of humility, if he had been able to admit when he was wrong, if he had been able to build bridges to people that he didn't agree with, particularly in the press, that cat would still be the president today and may have had a landslide victory, right? And so the lesson learned is no matter how good you may be, at your job, if you want to be successful, you know, you've got to, you know, you got to have a little bit of humility. So I think I would have, it would have taken at least the 12 Zima, the Prozac, the Xanax, the stun gun, the taser, the what have you. But if I could have gotten that guy to listen to that. And then the other thing, you know what, I, I'm going I'm to retract that. I'm going to save two Zima for the person that I can find and sit down and say, hey, you got to talk to this guy. Right. I mean, there, there, there had to have been someone in his world, whether or not they survived the whole administration that Trump would actually listen to. And if he'd have had one person who could have said, hey, bud, you have to shut the F up on this topic. Uh, again, I think uh, history could have been different. But uh, you know what? That's a tough assignment, my friend. That may be the toughest assignment you've given me. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a tough one. I, I don't know if there was that person. I think one of the management lessons you can learn from this whole thing is to have that person that can yep. tell you the bad news because anyone can tell you the good news. But when someone tells you the bad news, something you don't want to listen to, you got to hear it. And the messenger is often as important as the message when that happens. Also, reaching out to people that you don't want to reach out to. I mean, if he had just gone back and started with something that the Democrats could sign on to, even though he controlled both houses in the White House, like infrastructure, get a win, and then you know slowly build up uh, capital. That would have been good too. But of course, none of that happened. And I will yeah, say this: no, you, none of that you, happened. Yeah, and you went through a nice list of accomplishments. Didn't hear one of those in the campaign. Didn't hear any of that in the campaign. Everything was negative and everything personal, and you know the vitriol and everything. And at some point, people just tune that shit out and don't want to hear it. And I'm one of those people that yep. tune that out. Yep. So in any event, we are, we are, but you know, at least you get 10 Zimas out of it. I don't know who's going to drink the other two. Uh, next is um, pole position. Pole position is where we race a human and a horse. Seattle Slough, the great triple crown winning horse named after the city of Seattle against Richard Petty in the new Ford Bronco. Have you seen that thing? 
Have you seen that thing? I have not. I have not. Is it, is it cool? I, I owned, when I was a cadet, I owned a Ford Bronco 2 that you had to get out and lock the hubs manually on. Old school, my friend. Well, this, this thing is not old. This, this thing has got technology out the yin-yang, and it's got one of those, um, it's one of those hybrid cars. So it's just intense. You can't find them apparently anywhere, um, mm. but it's, it's, you're going to watch the commercial. It is intense. It's got amazing technology. It, it shows how great, how far the American automotive industry has come in the last 20 years and even in the last 10 years. Barter band, um, uh, the, the bronze Stevie, and we're up for it again this year. So we encourage everyone to vote. Um, if you can figure out how that would be great, let us know. Um, so this week, Barter Band, we just had hearings in the Senate uh, related to the confirmation of the uh, Director of National Intelligence and some of these other positions. And it seems like we're back to this post 9-11 culture of domestic spying and spying on Americans. And there are these questions about, you know, whether or not we're going to be uh, renewing these FISA courts and all, all of these things that were passed after 9-11 to keep us safe now seem to be being used as a way to spy on American citizens. Um, I think it should be barred and banned and barred again. What do you think? Completely agree. I mean, it's a, we're not certainly the first or even the hundredth people to make the point that every time you choose security, you are sacrificing freedom, right? That's just the way it works. I mean, the only way you can be perfectly secure is to wall yourself up in a box and effectively have no freedom, right? And we will only be the land of the free as long as we are the home of the brave. And so if you want to have true freedom, then you're going to have to sacrifice some security. And I think a good place to sacrifice it is in all of this electronic uh, surveillance and monitoring. Some of it is necessary. Don't get me wrong. We have adversaries out there. They are real. They will take advantage. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but I, I think the real key here is put the right people in the right places. You want someone in those positions that has a moral compass, that understands the dichotomy between freedom and security, and is someone you would trust to make those decisions. You do not want some political hack in there. You do not want some partisan in there. Uh, you know, in, in the person who would get my vote is the person who is a professional in that arena and has demonstrated that they can make a tough decision when you're not only dealing with threats to the United States, but walking that moral line. Next is This Week in Innovation, and we've got two amazing innovations from this week in history. The first, Brad, 1976. The bicentennial. Ford is in the White House. The first flight of the Concorde, 1976. Well, I, I do not remember the Concorde's first flight. I remember its last one. I do too. It was yeah. dramatic. It was like a scene out of Die Hard, too, the yeah. one in the airport. Yeah. But anyway, so that's one thing we've got. And then the other, even more, um, some would say more destructive eventually, more flammable, the production of the first DeLorean. DMC 12 in Northern Ireland took place um, back in uh, the early 80s. Uh, and then later, John DeLorean was set up by the FBI as part of the sale of 60 pounds of cocaine. Well, you know how the FBI is, but they're always carrying around 60 pounds of cocaine and trying to put it on someone. 
right? I mean, that's, you know, that's how it goes. If you're going to set somebody up, you don't do it with an ounce or two, right? I mean, you literally put 60 pounds in their car then you just follow them around and arrest them. It's a frame job. And we all know it was a frame job. DeLorean invented that incredible car that took Michael J. Fox back to the future. And no one wants to talk about that. Uh, no one wants to. In fact, we could use that for our time travel segment, but we don't, do we? We don't, no. but we could. And DeLorean like did that. Explain the, the doors that open up. Why is that a good idea? Can you, if you park your car between two other cars, can you get out? I, I think you can because they open up, but also when you're flying in that car, it's more aerodynamic because there's no, you know, there's no gap in the door. You leave it slightly ajar, it's going to get torn off in the space-time continuum. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. So anyway, the Concorde disaster, yeah. DeLorean disaster, both in terms yeah. of his car company and the whole cocaine thing. Cause he, you know, it's, it's not like he was a total rube in the cocaine thing. He was sort of there trying to make a deal, right? Monty Hall, make a deal. You know, the brother had 60 pounds. That's a lot of Coke. That is a lot of Coke. You know, that's not something you just carry in a satchel. (laughs) No, you need a car for that. Which is why he began that business. And if he could have taken himself back in time, he probably would have avoided all the taping that the FBI did of him trying to sell said cocaine. (laughs) Hey, probably would have, but who knows? Maybe not. Maybe he's gotten 70 pounds. If you're going to be a bear, my friend, be a grizzly. We now go to our final segment, the question of the week. David and Brad, I love the JFK episode with the Lone Gunman podcast host, Rob Clark. Um, do you have any other similar podcasts coming soon with special guests? That's from Norman in Atlantic City, Brad. Well, as always, we appreciate Norm. He always raises a good question. I completely agree. It was a great episode. I learned a ton. And the only answer I can give you, Norm, is that we will try our dead level best to bring you more guests like Rob with expertise in the uh, you know, arcane and zany world of conspiracy theories. Well, very good. I, I think, Brad, this has uh, been yet another great episode uh, of IP Frequently. We've covered all the bases. We've rounded third. We've said bye to the great Don Sutton. Uh, we've said hello to the Biden administration. Uh, bye to the Concord. Uh, see you later to John DeLorean and his cocaine. All in all, Brad, I'd say it's a success. No, I thought it was fantastic. I think the, the chance just to get on base, let alone round them, when Don Sutton was around would have been much lower but we managed it today, my friend. That's it. Well, thank you all for uh, being here in the live studio audience and those listeners out there. Keep your comments coming. Norman Atlantic City, we love you. Uh, Thank you. And we'll talk to you next time on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.